from Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah. I'm Kim Anderson. And I'm Zach Ireland. And this is Behind Closed Doors. Honestly, when I was a freshman and signed the honor code, I don't think I understood the full implications of what it meant. I would hope that for future potential students that they would be better informed about what the policies are, how those are enforced, and what it means to be a queer student at BYU. Also to be fully aware of what it would mean to have a, a faith transition or to experience a faith crisis while a student with the threat of being kicked out from your house, kicked out from your job, you know, being kicked out from your university, having that as a threat being held over you to stifle any doubt or any questions. I don't even know when it was first mentioned. Yeah, I had to do some digging for this. Um, I wasn't able to find like copies of the honor code that anything after like mid 70s Mm -hmm. is not in the special collections of uh, BYU library. Um, and the earliest online archive that I was able to find on archive.org um, was, I believe it was like early 2000s. But I was able to find a Salt Lake Tribune article that, that mentions that in the late 1990s was the first time that homosexuality was explici- explicitly mentioned in the um, version of the honor code that was like given to students. However, there was a, actually a, a ban on gay students um, that began in the late 50s. You can go to the special archives um, and you actually read the board of trustees so there, discussion. So of, there was a ban before it even was in the honor code. Correct. So there was okay. there was like an there was the honor code that the students read that you can like go to the special collections and you can read pamphlets of like the seventies honor code and uh-huh. look at the cheesy pictures and stuff. Right. But there's no mention of homosexuality. However, behind closed doors, the BYU board of trustees in the in their meetings in their notes that you can actually read for yourself in the special collections, it discusses a ban placed on anyone who was thought to huh. be have homosexual inclinations. So there was wow. a total ban on gay students, regardless of their behavior. Like they could be temple-worthy, orthoprax, orthodox Mormon. Well, I think oftentimes I talk to people and I feel like there are two sides. There are people who, you know, want their religious liberties and then there are the gay people and, you know, mm-hmm. allies as well who who want their rights. Do you think that as far as the honor code is concerned, do you think that there is some sort of common ground well, I mean, it, there's codified. There's a codified double standard where um, straight people can flirt it up all they want, you know, Nickmo, and they'll wink an eye at you and be like, "Oh, don't be too naughty, you know, <laughs> but go get married." But if you're gay, like, mm-hmm. don't you dare hold their hand. Don't you dare even think about flirting with them. I, it's just so shaming and stifling, and that I'm so vulnerable to not just the honor code, but to the bishop roulette that is another arm of the honor code office because they can withdraw your ecclesiastical endorsement at any time without any um, overseeing whatsoever. Like they, bishops can do what they want. There's like very little accountability. And, and that is a very scary experience for me and for many of my LGBT friends at BYU. Even those that are, that are very, very Mormon, very believing, just that thought that there's, they don't have a voice on campus. So in your opinion, do you think it's fair to say, based on their religious convictions, gay people cannot act on their sexuality? Do you think that's fair because that they are a privately owned institution? The thing is, because it accepts federal money, if I receive a Stafford loan or a Pell Grant oh, I see. from the government, I pay that to BYU and BYU receives that money. And right. they, they, that's part of their budget. And so they are receiving federal tax money. 
And so they are subject to Title IX regulations, and interpretations of that are increasingly becoming more um, LGBT-friendly, saying that, hey, like, here's a, a married couple, and they're legally and lawfully married, and that, and your honor code says if people are married, that they can have sex, but they just happen to both have Y chromosomes, so... <laughs> and but so and but you're so you're going to take our federal money, but then not follow our federal rules. Right. And so I'm, I mean that's a debate that's going to play out in the next few in decade or two. Um, you know we see that with integration with private universities with Brown University and BYU. I I do feel like they've kind of painted themselves into a theological corner. I don't envy the position of trying to love LGBT people, but then telling them that their love is wrong, policing their romantic behavior. Yeah, I would be appalled if a public or private university. I mean, just imagine if they said straight people can come here, but you can't act on your on your heterosexual feelings. I mean, I would be appalled. Yeah. Something that might be more fair would be a instead of having a double standard, just a single standard being like, hey, no sex outside of marriage. Yeah. OK, so like if you want to date or hold hands, like, cool, but just don't mm-hmm. knock uglies. Like. So <laughs> in your opinion, Justin, and again, I'm going to come back to that Title IX. So very important. And I, too, think that there will be changes in the next few years, next few decades. What changes would that mean for BYU? Would that just what you said? Do you think that would change uh, if BYU fully accepted to obey kind of the Title IX? The problem is I see BYU uh, policies being in lockstep, in lockstep with uh, the church's policies. And so as far as like trans issues, I don't think they're trying to get ahead or behind of what the church has said. And the church has said so little that BYU currently does not have a policy on intersex students, on trans students, non-binary, gender, non-conforming students. No um, policy. There is no official written policy. Right. Except for a, a like side note of like no cross-dressing, but like enforcing that is That's different. gonna be difficult. And yeah. It's different. And there's also the argument that BYU's honor code makes it a special place. You know, it makes it unique. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why people come here, because they want to be around people who share the same uh, moral and religious beliefs principles that they do. And I I think that there, at least LGBT students that I've talked to have said, you know, I'm really trying my best to stay in the church and I wouldn't want the honor code to go away because it it helps me and it helps me um, be around people who, you know, have the same goals and are like-minded. What do you say to people who come here for the religious institution aspect of BYU? Mm, Yeah, yeah, I think that's great that there's, you know, the proverbial safe space for Mormons to morm. Do you think if it changed, I guess, if the honor code changed to make um, LGBT students feel more welcome and promoted equality, we can say, do you think that it would change what BYU is and people people would be less inclined to come here? No, no, I don't think so. I, I definitely see this generation of people living the apostolic challenge of Quentin L. Cook to be at the forefront of showing love and outreach to LGBT people. Mm -hmm. That is, you know, that's what our general authorities have told us and taught us. And I would like to see BYU, the flagship university of of the church, um, live that to show that love and outreach. Honestly, I have not felt that. I, and it kind of breaks my heart a little. It's honor week this week. Uh And I was reading up on on what that means, and and it said celebrating diversity. Hmm. And, and that that <laughs> never heard it. Said honestly, that, way. that was very <laughs> ironic to me. I, yeah. I kind of laughed. I was like, well, unless you're gay, <laughs> right? But, well, um, unless you're diverse. Yeah. Right. Unless you're yeah well, kosher diverse. How yeah. how do you think the honor code has affected the culture here in regards to the LGBT community at least? Yeah, I I will say that. Is it harsh? Is it accepting? I mean, you, the university is a place where. 
you're meant to challenge your paradigms. You're meant to expand your horizons. You're meant to meet people from different walks of life. And unfortunately, I do feel like the way that the honor code talks about gay people kind of disempowers potential allies from living and fulfilling their baptismal covenants to mourn with those in, with more and comfort those that stand in need of comfort, to empathize as Christ would, to um, defend those who you know, are being spoken ill of. It doesn't meet it does, the expectation. Right. I think that cultures are a product of a lot of times of history, times when it was even worse. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that when um, Ernest Wilkinson was president, times were much worse. Nor we, do we intend to admit to our campus any homosexuals. If any of you have this tendency and have not completely abandoned it, May I suggest that you leave the campus immediately after this assembly. And if you'll be honest enough to let us know the reason, we will refund your tuition. We do not want others on this campus to be contaminated by your presence. That's horrible. Ouch. What did we just hear? I don't even (laughs) know. Well, that was in a time, Justin, you were saying... Uh, 1955, I think you mentioned. Wait, wasn't it 1960? 1965. Three, five? Okay, okay yeah. it was somewhere around when the there. Quote, yeah. yeah, when the quote was given. Make I was on saying, your, your standard. It was, a, right. it was in front of all of BYU. Uh, yeah. and, and I guess my point was because of slavery, we have racial discrimination today. Because of sexism, we, you know, we still have gender, gender bias mm-hmm. completely. Because of people like Ernest Wilkinson, do you think that we have a culture that is still affected in a negative way here at BYU. Very much so. He was the one that instituted the kind of police state um, system where every member a missionary and every member a snitch, where he encouraged students to tell on each other. He had these pardon me cards in the 60s that you would like hand to students, uh, like like a note saying like, pardon me, but you're violating the honor code. Oh my gosh. Never heard of that. Yeah. And uh, he would have security guards, BYU security, go to gay bars in Salt Lake City and take down license plates and kick out students that way. I mean, in the early 70s, the honor code that one of the standard procedures for students convicted of like any homosexual activity that for some cases, special cases, they would be required by the Honor Code Office to undergo um, vomit aversion and electroshock aversion therapy on BYU campus. And wow. Like they would they would hook up your arm to a shock thing and then they would show nude pornography. Like it specifies nude in a, in a thesis that a BYU student did in 1978. And this was headed by BYU? This was the BYU psychology department. But people were referred there by bishops, by stake presidents, by the honor code, by parents. It was seen as like a treatment because homosexuality was kind right. of viewed as a disease. Yeah. But BYU kept it up much longer than other um, universities. And there's a documentary on this uh, uh, that have people telling firsthand accounts of what it was like to have this this thing hooked up to your penis that when you would get an erection watching gay porn, then it would shock you. And it was very traumatic for these individuals and some committed suicide. I felt kind of disempowered and voiceless because things like harassment at me because I'm gay, I don't feel comfortable coming out and, and addressing it. Like professors making homophobic jokes about how, oh, they're dating the wrong people, those d- kind of implying like, oh, those stupid gay people. And and the whole class is laughing and I'm sitting there just left like, I don't even feel comfortable reporting this 
or talking to the professor about this. I don't know if he doesn't like gay people and that's going to like affect how he grades my stuff. Right. Or or having a roommate who would make say like, oh, I'm glad I don't have a gay roommate because he'd rate me or stuff like that. And I'm like, well, you've been sleeping on the bottom bunk under a gay man for the past year. But there's some real implicit bias and explicit bias and some explicit and implicit homophobia. And I feel like people view me as like broken or damaged or confused and at at best and at worst at times it can be malicious. Yeah, antagonistic. And they view me as like a political object rather than a person like, oh, you must be one of those militant gays who wants, you know, how dare you want to fall in love and get married and have a family and like, you know... And I was here during, you know, the whole like marriage debates and and campus was just toxic and church was toxic. I'd go and my soul was not filled. And and much like um, Harry Fisher, who completed suicide in February last year, the gay gay history student, you know, I sometimes was left in tears just hearing some of these things. And kind of what I'm hearing, the resounding message that we've discussed talking about the honor code here at BYU is that there is an image and then there is an underlying reality. And the image that we hear a lot is of tolerance and acceptance and diversity. Uh, but the reality isn't there. No. I guess in a few minutes, uh, Justin, to wrap up here, if you could make just small essential changes in an effort, uh, small essential changes to the honor code in an effort to change that, in an effort to get the reality to more fully reflect the image, what would those be? Well, for one thing, I would add a sexual orientation and gender identity to the list of things that BYU will not tolerate harassment around. Like in the syllabi um, at the beginning of the year, you often hear like, you know, gender and religion and stuff like that. BYU won't tolerate you, you know, being douches about that. But it doesn't say anything about, you know, gay people because, you know, that's okay. Feel free to hate on them. It's almost but, like they don't want to acknowledge it. Yeah, you know, the Daily Beast article, they asked um, USGA, which was the the BYU's, like, gay-straight alliance, they uh-huh. asked them to leave campus. So right. BYU specifically disinvited queers from meeting on campus. They don't want you here. And from what I understand, it sounds like that's from, like, from investors who are threatening to withdraw their funding. People want to talk about this. Like, BYU students, we're smart people, and we we want to understand the world around us, and we want to empathize with people who are different than us and you know with all the political stuff going on like straight people just love talking about gay people now so uh, like (laughs) there's a lot of interest and there's a lot of i think there's a huge need to to discuss this um and i feel like BYU administration has not been stepping up to the plate and answering um quentin l cook's clarion call to be at the forefront of outreach and love to lgbt students and i haven't not have not seen that and and you know may god have mercy I would love for there to be more accountability and more clarity on it because as it stands, um, the language, any expression of homosexual... It's vague. Yeah, any physical expression of homosexual feelings um, is banned by the honor code. So is that holding hands? Is that hugging? What does that mean? Well, handshakes and hugs could be against the honor code. That's crazy. Could be a violation of the honor code for a gay person at BYU. So potentially any physical... (sighs) If it manifests romantic feelings, which is... How are you going to enforce that? I don't know, but that's the current um, interpretation by the Honor Code Office director. However, I do not believe that anyone has been out of BYU for for kissing someone of the same sex or like hugging someone of the same sex. I don't think that has happened. However, it is a 
it is a, a thing. potential. It's yeah, it's a thing. It, yeah. The the way it reads currently, that that is a potential, and they specifically ban makeup for men and long nails. So like gender nonconforming expression, particularly when it's uh, more feminine for a, a biosex male, like that's that's definitely looked down on. And I don't know how much they enforce that, but mm. they specifically call out um, blue hair as being against the honor code. Right, because it's not a natural it, it's, color. It's extreme so. fashion, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and also, oh, what else? Like a shaved head for women. BYU students were quoted in the Salt Lake Tribune, queer BYU students who were raped while BYU students recorded as saying they were they were afraid to come forward and receive help and to seek justice mm-hmm. for their rapists because of their vulnerable situation as right. LGBT students at BYU. I mean, now things luckily have changed with the amnesty clause that came after a firestorm, an international firestorm and a $3 million lawsuit against BYU and a federal investigation. Apparently, that's what it takes for BYU to change. Quite uh, a simple policy. <laughs> yeah, if, so I, if that's what we need for policy. gay people to, to get a shout out. I but no, I've always said that. I've always said something crazy needs to happen in order for something to change. It's and that true. goes with anything. Honestly, it's that makes just, me sad that there's not. A, it's sad. Is there how how do they not but, seek feedback from students? Like, is there a way for us to it, it feels very top down. It's all to BYU them, board of trustees. Well, to them, then, to them, this is their doctrine. It's going to be like this and it will never change no matter what, because if it does change, then they're. Everything falls apart. Some kind of, yeah, That's somehow the, base, the tradition will be lost. Or yeah, something. in a lot of ways, it's uh, it's a base of their religion. If homosexuality is okay, then their doctrine is Well, to invalid. kind of go off on a tangent here, mm-hmm. I think the status quo has overwhelmingly been the main idea of every religion for a long time. And it's just proven to not be popular. If we can rethink that, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I, I would say that... From a business perspective, like it's not a good model to not seek uh, feedback. Oh, absolutely. Sure, because it is a business, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, ultimately it is. I mean, in their defense, if anything were to change um, regarding homosexuality with honor code, they would receive so much backlash. They would lose like probably over half their donors. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Lots of mostly elderly, wealthy people who might harbor a lot of anti-gay bias and who would see that as kowtowing to the rid- radical <laughs> gay agenda. That's on a different podcast. I know. Yeah. You know what my gay <laughs> agenda is? My gay agenda is the constitution and equality. And I just want to be able to love, you know, and if that's so wrong, so be it. Do you ever have people who say to you, you know, why did you come here? Or or if you don't like it so much, why don't you just leave? Do you ever have people who say that to you? Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, there's a... Wait, what do you say to there's them? There's a Daily Herald series that asks... There's one article um, that asked some BYU students that, and I think they answered it pretty well. How would you answer it? Well, I felt like it was the right place for me, and I, I got a good scholarship, and it felt like a place that I would enjoy. And, and I have enjoyed my time here. But unfortunately, as I, as like my faith views have shifted and as I've decided that I want to fall in love and want to have a family, I don't think that's a terrible thing to want, mm-hmm. then I d- have felt more kind of marginalized and on the outside and felt like this is not a good environment for me. Mm-hmm. So why don't I just leave? Well, I wish I had more money <laughs> to just like be able to up and move to another city yeah. and... It's not so simple. It's not so simple. My friend network is here. This is where my support is. This is where I know the professors. This is where, you know, this is my home. And like, who's to say that just because I'm gay, I don't belong here. Like, I think LGBT people are making an important part of BYU. And I think we have so much love to offer and right. so much. I think there's a lot to learn. Well, I think it's, it's, it's really concerning that people even say those kind of things. That They say, mm-hmm. why are you here anyways? What I hear 
if someone came out and asked you that question is my rights to not have to deal with you supersede your rights to exist. I, I agree. I, I do th- see the honor code as creating an us and them where like us straight people, we can do our romantic thing. But those queer people, that's bad. And that's clearly codified as like anything, any physical expression that's wrong. And because they're called out in like this entire two paragraph section of the honor code, it's it's clear that they might not say it anymore, but I don't get the impression that BYU administration wants LGBT people here. Like our President Wilkinson stating that you're contaminating our campus. I don't entirely believe they don't feel that way still. A lot of it is just ignorance. They don't understand. Oh, yeah. I... Like people just thinking that you can just get up and leave mm-hmm. and go somewhere else. People don't realize their sexuality, say sophomore year, junior yeah. year. It's not like... You know, you cut. Yeah, yeah, no, I. These are very. <laughs> this is the time of your life to decide right. who you are. <laughs> well, <laughs> these are very critical years in your life. Yeah, and for many Mormons, like, they don't figure out that they're, like, genderqueer or that they're gay um, until a lot later, just because there's so much mental gymnastics and so much shame that would come with accepting this gay or queer part of yourself that. It's it's very difficult. I I really only came out to myself when I was like twenty two or twenty three. I'm kind of a late bloomer, and uh, yeah, it, so, I think it's different when you have religious pressures. I don't think it's late blooming in Mormon world. I think that's been, very could normal. Could have been suppressed. That's what we're saying. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. No, no, I'm not <laughs> denying that. I just hope as a gay person that people will just be willing to listen and just think that maybe my experiences might be different from theirs. And I hope that they would think that my opinions are are well thought out and come from a lot of experiences and and honestly, a lot of pain. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. What did you think? The conversation continues on Twitter at BCD Series.